what did I just say? Better out than in. <laughs> That's what I always say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, guys. Okay. I'm Sarah. And I'm Carrie. And, and I'm, I'm Dan. Dan and <laughs> And we're... Here. We're too drunk to track. track. Mackin is lying to you because he is not that drunk. He has to no. go back to work after this. But I am. Because I'm, as, I'm as sober as Mount Rushmore. Whoa. Sometimes I'm really funny, guys. Oh, yeah. So funny. <laughs> You're fucking hilarious. Shut up. Yeah. I'm trying to get you out of here faster, Mac. That's okay. Yeah. I, you know, I like I said, I made that. Right I got people. Don't worry. <laughs> okay, okay. I don't Magna pay well, but I got people. <laughs> he does have to go back to work like a real adult at Docking Bay 93. His... Yeah, he's got to close his store, Docking yeah. Bay 93. Where a you should go store for all. Do you, do you yeah. have like uh, a motto at the store, Dan? Is there like a, do you have like a tagline? <laughs> uh, sometimes. Gosh, what was it I was telling people? It was like uh it was something about like we don't want you to leave till you're slightly disappointed or something. I don't know what it was. That's a good one. <laughs> it was yeah. <laughs> Slight disappointment guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take all of your needs except for the one you really need. Wanted the one you came here for. Exactly. <laughs> We've got everything. <laughs> yeah. What you yeah. want. <laughs> what was the other one? The other slogan was uh we made a whole list of them at one point that we were gonna put on buttons and stuff. And uh there was Ooh, a few really hey, good Dan, ones. I know a guy. I know a guy. Me but too. Oh, it's pretty guy. fantastic. Know- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was there were some pretty good ones. Uh so you hate Hitler, I hate Hitler. Let's be friends, you know, stuff like that. Um, <laughs> that's good. That's good you know, one. good ones. Yeah, yeah. Um there was also some really off-color ones, which I won't share. But um, oh, the, the Hitler one wasn't off-color. No, <laughs> because everybody hates Hitler. No, we are well, all about punching that's the Nazis. A, it's okay. That's a smaller demographic than you might think nowadays, <laughs> so. especially in Skagit Valley. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you go north. You might find I will stuff. say, I will say, if I had a store, I would be a hundred percent behind. I hate Hitler. You hate Hitler. <laughs> Nobody's Nazis. Let's be friends. Yeah, let's exactly. Be friends. Yeah. That's, that's a yeah. good store motto. Maybe don't shop here if you're a Nazi. Yeah. yeah. I, I prefer if you didn't. Yeah. Actually. Mm-hmm. Don't well, talk to your, like your money. Just keep your mouth shut. I yeah. better not see you in here. <laughs> <laughs> like Dan's mulling it over. <laughs> Ooh, it's a good one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the episode that we watched today, it, through a lot of miscommunications, finally got on the same page. Well, we almost to... watched two episodes simultaneously. <laughs> um, Thanks, Sarah. I'm penultimate. sorry. I did a bad job. Yeah. Um, the penultimate episode of season one, critical information there, The City <laughs> on the Edge of Forever. Classic which, Star Trek. Yeah. How also happens so- to be... So when you said that that one was like the highest rated of all time, that's exactly yeah. what I thought you were talking about when you said that. When you it said was. what I thought you were, when you had oh. me watching the other one, I was like, I don't think that's right. And then when you told right. me the real, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, it, it is yeah. most definitely considered so, to be. As we're yeah. going through this, please keep in mind that Dan only watched this when Sarah and I were doing our drunk watch through. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Mackin knows- really great at being on task. Yeah, I know, right? Mackin so knows good. who wrote this episode. 
Yes, it's uh, Harlan Ellison, who is a pretty acclaimed. Well, he just he's one of the greatest sci-fi writers of all time. I mean, this straight up. And he's he's very well known. He's like one of the the big the big names when you talk about uh, sci-fi writers of that of that era. That is like one of the big name drops. It is a surprisingly good episode. Like I, especially I have, for angry people. Yeah, like considering how much we hate it. It's amazing how how good yeah. this ended up being, um, because there's only like one slight racist moment, which for the original series, pretty good. Like, <laughs> um, but we'll start out on the on the bridge, kind of with what's going on here. They're definitely going through some sort of, I guess they they're investigating this area because of time disturbances. And it's causing the ship to get all shaky and that they use the term the helm is sluggish, which I don't know what that means. Um, and the ship is threatening overloads and things are crazy. And Scotty's doing his like, I've noticed it a couple times now if he's on the bridge and it's shaking. He's like pressed up against like the equipment, like holding yeah. on. Everybody <laughs> else sways like in sync. Yeah. They just like are back and forth, like oh, left, oh guys, right, 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 no, no, la 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 la, left and yeah. shake. But Scotty's just like, no, I'm holding on. Yeah, hands are back what's, here. What's and funny just... though, it's like Kirk though is like sitting very stoically in his chair and not moving. Like Strong. even 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 uh, Scotty's <laughs> moving while he's braced. Yeah. yeah. But you know, like until Kirk has to get up, he's just sort of like, nah, it doesn't bug me much. Kirk yeah, is a part. mountain of a man. <laughs> He's a mantin. He's a mantin. Oh, he don't mean need no fucking sways. Exactly. Oh so um, at this point, during one of the shakings, there's an explosion on yeah. the panel that Sulu sits in front of, and Sulu falls to the ground. Yep. It's all very dramatic. Yeah. And... Falls into the arms of a very lovely yeoman, and uh, Kirk rushes yeah. over. Yes. And Bones comes in to help. And he gives Sulu this shot of some medicine. I didn't write down what it was called. He's going to uh, say it. They say it several times. It's, it starts with the C. Cortisone. Cortisone? Cortisone? No. Maybe? I don't no. know. That something. shouldn't nope. be what it is. I don't None think. That's right. None yeah. That's right. I'll have, it, I'll have it for you here in a second. Okay. Well, he gives. he's going to give him a shot of it. And Kirk's like, is that safe? Like, he kind of questions Cortisone. They were like, let's not call it Cortisone. <laughs> Let's call it yeah. cortisine. 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 It's, a it's not the same thing at all. They're yeah. very different. It's apparently a very uh, chaotic drug, as we are about to find out. Uh, but just two drops of it is all he needs. And Sulu comes back to life wearing this fabulous, like, smoky eye. I don't know when he <laughs> got the so smoky much eye. eyeshadow. It is so much. Like, he... <laughs> There's no reason for it other than no. he woke up living his best life. Like, <laughs> yes, he was ready to go. <laughs> he woke up Let's with a go, girl. big old smile on his face. He was like, Yes, that was the other thing, too. It's like he didn't just wake up all groggy, like usually I'm when somebody's drugged. Good. Yeah, <laughs> usually when somebody's drugged in a show and they wake up, they're like, Oh, what happened? Yeah. What happened? Yeah. And Tula wakes up like, He's like, Blow me up, girl. Up. Yeah, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Me every day. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <It's> so weird. <laughs> but what I think is going to uh send Carrie off on maybe another rant is that 
so first Bones has to be like, oh, you were saying, Kirk, because obviously the shot worked. And then we're going through some more like bumpy and space turbulence. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Space turbulence. Space time turbulence. Yeah. Space space timulence. Yeah, space timulence. And uh <laughs> and Bones never put the cap back on the needle, I guess. And he stabs himself in the stomach and injects all of the medicine because for some reason in this particular space syringe, he just had like a hundred doses. Of yeah, 200, 200 times the normal yeah. amount. Yeah. He I says am he's so going to risk, risk a couple of drops, drops. for, for uh, Sulu. Yeah. And, yeah. and then he but like he empties the vial into in the turbulence somehow. And I don't I have not spent a lot of time around syringes. Don't I mean I was um I had uh diabetes during pregnancy, so I that's my experience. I never once, although I wasn't drunk or anything else, were in space turbulence. I never accidentally stabbed myself and then shot it all into me. Like that seems so fucking stupid. Timbulence. That's the problem. Well, to be fair, it wasn't to be fair. The The original, the original uh, plot from Harlan Ellison wasn't going to revolve around an accidental dosing. It was going to revolve around a drug dealer who screws people up on on board the Enterprise, and uh, they changed that because Gene Roddenberry decided that there there was no bad humans anymore. They're all over their lawlessness. It makes sense because I think once humanity evolves quite a bit from where we are, which I think was Gene Roddenberry's like point and purpose, like humanity is the best that they can be. That was his whole shtick. Like we don't have the sort of broken humans that turn into addicts. And because I think that that's what addiction stems from is. Is definitely an alcoholic. Well, yeah, he definitely is. Clearly, (laughs) of all of all the hot button topics that were to be talked about during that era, that was not one that Roddenberry was clearly comfortable tackling. Yeah, and it's kind of a shame because clearly is something they've about faced on quite a bit in more modern iterations of Trek. Yeah, perfect. Fuck you. We're perfect humans now. That's the point. Guys, <laughs> perfect. So Bones has perfectly stabbed himself and injected all of. Yeah. The... Coming up here, coming yeah. up here though, is one of the coolest parts of the entire episode, and that is the rendering of conscious unconsciousness of uh, of a certain transporter chief. Oh, that, yeah. We're almost there. We have to get through the intro, but. Yeah. He uh he when he stabs himself, he starts going crazy and he's like yelling and he's like, assassins, killers, murderers. And he like muscle tussles with some people and throws a guy at them and runs into the lift. No, he he like he like runs towards the elevator and hits the up button or the down button. And then <laughs> nobody does anything. Everybody's just all kind of standing there. And then the doors open very, very quickly. And then uh-huh. there's a dude in there and he throws that guy at everybody else. And then the doors instantly close. And I have been around several elevators and that is not how they work. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a very, maybe the doors were on drugs too. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, no, we are yeah. doing our job. Let's go. Let's get this. <laughs> so ridiculous. So nobody could come get bones who is clearly on drugs and yeah. much smarter and faster than they are yeah. uh, because the doors close so quick 
that they were all crazy because he threw a man at them. <laughs> like, exactly. Did you guys did you guys ever watch that um, documentary that was done by like? Um... No, I didn't watch a documentary. Okay, <laughs> What's the, was it the flat <laughs> earth? The flat I'm earth kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. That no, I haven't no, no, watched. No, it doesn't but, matter. It doesn't matter. I don't know what it was now. <laughs> I'm just, I'm trying it was to actually. Find. It was. It was. It. It. It was about Star Trek: The Next Generation, but it was hosted by DeForest Kelly, and in that they actually talk about how they get the doors to open and close on Next Generation smoothly and evenly, so that it doesn't look like they're chaotic like they did I in the original know. series oh, yeah. there's just a very brief moment where they show a behind the scenes thing of the little pulley thing that's like just a little yeah, very whoop. simple pulley with a weight whoop. and it's like somebody just lifts the weight and then they drop it again and that's that's it that sounds way cooler i have not seen that yeah. documentary i only said it like that because i don't see any documentaries i don't <laughs> i don't watch them i'm not not knowledge asshole. knowledge is stupid carrie hates yeah. knowledge so uh okay Fuck it <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. So, guys, we have a security alert, and we go to the intro, and we get then we get a captain's log where he's like, two drops of this drug could save a life, but a hundred times that was injected into bones, and basically they don't know how it's going to affect him, if it's going to be reversible, what they're going to... It turns out, spoilers, you just need, like, coffee and a nap, but... We're not there yet. And so Bones is... Yeah, we're not there yet. Uh, there's some buff guy, like, walking down the hall, and... Security officer? Yeah, he's probably a security officer. <laughs> but, like, it, ne- it never ends up mattering, because the next scene we see is when the door opens and Sweaty McCoy enters the transporter room, and that's where the guy is in the red jumpsuit that he basically karate chops in the kidney. No, it's so much better. It's so, he goes cha-cha, because he karate chops him in the kidney, and then on the up top, he's just a pa-pa, and then the guy falls. It is so cool. It's cool, though. Like, I can watch (laughs) that on replay over and over again. I feel like if Wu-Tang had... No, yeah, no. If Wu Tang had like a signature move, it would be the <laughs> Wu Tang. Oh, yeah, they had yeah. nothing to fuck with. That's yeah. for sure. They'll nothing knock you out. And then the guy was unconscious on the floor. For he was unconscious on the floor. It, it worked. Whatever McCoy did, it worked. And then so, he like takes his phaser. Oh, what were you gonna say? So I was just gonna say that as you're leading into this. He does the most coolest thing ever. He knocks that dude out really uh-huh. efficiently. And then, you know, all the troubles, and they, they have a transporter chief for a reason, because you need somebody who's an expert in dealing with this highly sensitive apparatus. And he just takes the controllers and just he just turns it on auto. Yeah, he just, like, there's three, like, little slidey things. Like, if you're yeah. a DJ, you know what slidey nobody, things I'm talking nobody about? Nobody fucking needs to be in that room. <laughs> yeah, ever. he just, like, pushes those three slidey things up, steals yeah. a phaser, and beams down. Yeah. No big deal. No big deal. We have, we have absolutely learned in the last few episodes that you definitely do not need a person at the controls. No. You can just oh, do it yourself. Yeah. You just do it walk into you want. it. Yeah. 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 You do, One what person you do is can you, operate the whole damn boat. Yep. You karate chop him, he will fall over, yeah. and then you can do whatever you want. Um, so Spock and Kirk are having this conversation on the bridge about this extremely dangerous situation that they're in. Um, they're kind of talking about the uh, time 
like, I guess they're getting like time disruptions from the planet below. Um, and they get a call from the transporter room and find out they find out that Bones has beamed down. And so they're like, oh no, McCoy is like in the heart of this time disruption. So they send a landing party down for him. And they all beam down onto the planet. And this is so exciting because for the first time that Carrie and I can remember, Ahura gets to beam down to the planet. And it's so exciting. She's yeah. not on the bridge or like in the mess hall. Yeah, she just, she gets like her own space in time in space and time. It's pretty yeah. cool. It's very exciting. Not that she does a lot on the planet, but it's she does more than Scotty, and Scotty's there. So that's one thing I liked about like the old um, the cartoon series and some of the writings, like that they some of the, the novels and whatnot. Is she would have normally been a part of an away team because she's a linguistics expert. Yeah, it makes it really so her going to new planets to encounter people who don't maybe necessarily speak the language. Makes a fucking ton of sense. Like, she should be on yeah. every single away mission as a specialist. But instead, she's just a glorified operator sitting on the bridge. Yeah, well, she's like that character in Enterprise, eventually, who yeah. does go on the... She's more afraid to go on the missions, but she does it. And, yeah. Yeah, so um, they are on this planet, and they see all these ruins that extend to the horizon, or so they say. I just see, like, a backdrop. Yep. It's apparently the horizon. Um, and Ahura starts recording. And, and this, and this uh, planet later on in the series is just known as the time planet, I believe. Oh, so it does come up later? Yep. Okay, cool. Well, thank you, Mackin. Spoilers. Telling Spoilers. us things are going to happen, yeah. Spoilers. Well, I mean, it's, it's talked about in other, like, you know, episodes and, and other writings and whatnot. So... Because they go back to the time planet in, I think, the cartoon series and maybe in some of the novels. And on the time planet in the other things, there is a giant opalesque goatsy that yes. controls space and time. <laughs> it is, it's really just a, like an opal circle shrine almost. It's supposed to be a stone. It's art, like, sort of like a stone circle. But it's a full circle. With like it's LEDs in it. Yeah, LEDs. <laughs> it's, a, it's definitely not goatsy. It's not it, space-time goatsy. It's just a big circle, and I I am probably more obsessed than I should be with that image. That's all I see. It's like I imagine I just imagine these two hands like holding it open. Stop, stop imagining it. Stop. Okay. Try it. Don't describe sorry, it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So, <laughs> uh, Spock says that this is 10,000 centuries old and it's pulsating with power. And then I wrote he he because <laughs> <laughs> I'm really immature. Um, I like and... how condescending the Guardian is towards Spock, though. Like Spock just it just talks shit to Spock. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> He's primitive. Yeah, you think I'm... So it's centuries old, huh? Well, let me tell you something. <laughs> you don't know shit about me. Um, this this single object that they have found is the source of all their issues and the time disruptions. Um, and he says it's impossible. Like I can't explain the time displacement that we're getting. And the whole time they're having this kind of conversation around it, you just get these like scenes of bones like hiding from everybody, and he's got these like giant bags under his eyes, and he's just like peeking up over rocks. 
and then like hiding behind other rocks. And he is definitely on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty intense. And um, he is tweaking. He's tweaking. That is he's tweaking hard. For sure. Um Ahura conti- is continuing to record all of this. Um, and then Spock says, this is not a machine as we understand it. And Kirk says, well, what is it? And then it starts talking. It's like, it's a, it recognizes questions. Yeah. It goes, Oh, a question. Ooh, I heard question. I now question. talk. Now, what were you, what were you saying? And they're like, what are you? And it's just like, I'm the beginning and the end. And it calls itself the guardian of forever. And it it's basically talking a bunch of nonsense, but Spock is like kind of trying to analyze it and make any kind of logical assumption as to what it might be. <laughs> um, and he, it says, I'm both a machine and not a machine. And you're still seeing bones just sneaking around in the background. I wrote the note every time you saw him and it was like four times. <laughs> and then there was bones. And Spock says that it must be some sort of time portal. And then it's like, well, you're as correct as you can be, because your understanding of time science is primitive. And Spock's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Nobody, nobody tells Spock he's primitive. Because Spock says, uh, I see no reason. I see no reason for answers to be couched in riddle. And, and he just puts him down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's just like, just like, that's all you can understand. Like, yeah. Small brain. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I would explain Sorry, it to dummy. You better, but yeah. you wouldn't get it. So stupid. Yeah. Sorry. Exactly. <laughs> and so the it's saying like I am like a gateway to your own past, and then Bones like runs out, and he's just like killers, assassins, and he's like running around, and then he gets sedated. Oh, I guess it was a a Vulcan death grip, or as Mackin likes to refer to it <laughs> properly. Vulcan nerve pinch. I don't know. I like the death grip. That's it's my favorite. <laughs> we do what we want here. Clearly. <laughs> we're too drunk to trek, Mackin. Yeah, we're not too drunk to make perfect logic we're, out of everything. We're not sober enough to go to work in an hour. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's not what we are. <laughs> So, um, look, he's twitching. Do you see the twitching? <laughs> he doesn't want to go to work either. I get it. I get it. <laughs> so, um, Spock. Okay. So, Bones, not Bones, Kirk, whatever his name is, asks Spock if this is like a doorway to the past. Could we go back with Bones and like fix this whole thing? Um, and then it, there's all sorts of reasons why you can't do that, apparently. Um, and then Spock realizes that he's been a fool this whole time because he could have been taping it, I guess, with his tricorder. Mm-hmm. I, and so he starts doing that. And then Bones wakes up and he's just like, I gotta run through the circle, I guess. And he just like bolts through. <laughs> like, I guess no one was watching him. And this seemed like a really good idea because he's on drugs no this is stupid yeah (laughs) yeah so he has a run through um (laughs) 
And Ahura is like having trouble contacting the ship now. Like the Enterprise is gone. Everything is gone. And it turns out that McCoy has gone back into history and changed something very vital. And now there is no Starfleet. And they're like, well, well, fuck, we're still here on this planet, which I guess is okay because it's part of the time flux. I don't know exactly why mm-hmm. the planet's okay. Um, and something had changed history. And Ahura's like, Captain, like, I'm really frightened. Like, we're here alone on this planet. And, like, I get it. I'd be really scared if I was alone on a planet with Kirk, too. There's, like, other people there, but I don't really trust any of them except for Spock. Um, Kirk does, like, this thing where he's like, yes, because we're here now alone. And we then we go to a captain's log with no star date. Um, because time no longer exists, apparently. Yeah, he says, actually says, Captain's Log, no star no, date. No star date. And it does, he did say time doesn't exist to us, but, like, it does, right? Like, they're still passing through a form of time, right? Am I crazy? Technically, they are in time, just not their, their time. Their time. It's a different time. So they ask the Guardian to show them um what they need to fix and the guardian's like well you know i can send you back but like i can't i i don't know how spock is the one in charge of where they go back like well, that because, part- so what what happens is the fucker i've only i wrote in my notes he's the time fucker and so i called him fucker <laughs> from the whole time, time. Because he's time yeah. fucker. So fucker is like, well, I, I, I don't know where that dude went to, um, but you can try to go back if you want to. And Spock is like, well, I got like three seconds of it once I very mysteriously decided that I would remember that I should be recording this. Recording. Okay. okay yeah. Okay. He's like, okay. so I got like three seconds and just so happened to be when Bones went crazy and jumped through the portal. So I've got Good. that. And then Good Time thing. Fucker is like, all right, well, I'll just start from the beginning and you jump in when you think it's your time. And if I've learned anything from podcasting, it's that there's no such thing as tr- just going when you're supposed to. <laughs> like you, it is what not are you trying, What are you trying to say? It doesn't fucking what? work like that. <laughs> uh, what? Uh, Freeze one. Freeze one, go. Freeze one, go. Anyway. Yeah. So... That's why Spock's in charge, because he has a tricorder, and he's like, all right, so uh, you replay your shit. I know when both, I think I can kind of see into my thing. I'm, I'm going to try to match the pictures up, and then we'll just jump. But we need to go, this is very important to Kirk, we need to get there before Bones does. Yeah. And Spock uh, is like, well, we might yeah. be able to get a month. Like Within if a month. We're, if we're very fortunate, a week. Yeah. I do want to point out that I've had to time things like when I'm playing Zelda and you have to like shoot something at a very specific time. It's hard. It's fucking (laughs) impossible. Like you can't do it. We're talking about undoing the fuck up of future. (laughs) I'm going to fuck up the future. I'm not going to undo the fuck up of the future. You don't get a redo. (laughs) Don't they know anything? No. They don't. They don't know anything. So, um, they have decided that this is how they're going to go back and fix it. And Kirk says, if we're successful, and then the Guardian's like, well, then it's all going to be fixed, and you'll be back, and everything will be great, which seems pretty convenient. But um, Ahura's like, well, this all sounds impossible. And Spock's like, 
we don't have a choice. And they basically decide if Kirk and Spock can't fucking figure it out, then everybody else has to go back and try again and try again. Which, by the way, everyone else without Spock is not going to successfully fix this timeline. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I just don't think it's possible. So, um, they decide to go back, and everybody's like, "Good luck!" And they then appear, are- they appear on a street. Well, I didn't get my favorite Ahura line. Ahura got a line, and no one interrupted her. I was so proud. Well, she said, know, that's, why, "That's why I jumped in right there." <laughs> yeah, you had to interrupt the lady. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. I, I I get it. She just said, "Um, she said happiness at least, like instead of good luck, like you know, at least maybe you'll get happiness." Um, since if they don't fix it, I think they have to live the rest of their life in this timeline wherever they jumped in. And then Dan is correct. They jump through and they end up on the street in, like, Carrie called it right off the fucking bat. She was just like, this looks like the Depression. The Depression. Do you know why I called yeah. it that? Because it looked sad. It did. It was dusty. Everything so was they, brown. Uh, they're right in front of a boxing poster. Kind of makes me wonder what's on the boxing poster. I don't know. Guess I have to pee again. Like the... See? I have to pee again. I'm sorry. Oh Should we pause it? Well, okay. you don't have to. You guys can keep going just without me. There's yeah, still a power left. And we have actually gone quite a bit. Yeah, I think we've done pretty well. pushed this through, but I do have to pee again, so. Carrie's going pee, and Mackin and I are going to talk the whole time. Okay. You ready, Mackin? I'm ready. So we're uh, seeing all of the very much in the depression stuff, and they're trying to, like, hide the fact that they very much do not fit in. And Spock's, right. like, scratching his head and, like, covering yeah, his I ears. Yeah, I gotta cover my pointy ears. Yeah. Oh, no, they're gonna notice my ears. Not their <laughs> crazy outfits that look absolutely nothing like anything you would wear in the Depression. Right. Yeah. And, and they're so, basically, I mean, they're, I don't even, what would you even call, like, their uniform? What would be the next closest thing? Would it be, would it be closer to, like, a, a sailor's uniform? Like, definitely... Uh, something military. Yeah. I would think that's what you would assume, but it's so much like brighter in color than yeah. anything of the time. So maybe like they think they work at like an ice cream shop. Did they have ice cream <laughs> shops in the depression? I don't know. <laughs> of course they did. A soda yeah. fountain? A soda fountain. Um, uh, get, and... yourself a, get yourself some uh, Coca-Cola with genuine cocaine in it. Yeah. Good old days. <laughs> so they are discussing how it's going to be pretty hard to hide Spock's ears. And Kirk makes a comment that, um, well, if we can't hide them, then it shouldn't be difficult to like explain them, make an excuse for them. Make so up they... a convincing lie. <laughs> yeah, make up a convincing lie. So they cross a street and they almost get hit by a car. Which has a wonderful <laughs> callback. They have a wonderful callback to that. And, um, uh... Star Trek 4. The movie, Star yeah. Trek 4. Yes, that I have not seen, but I will. We're going to watch it for this podcast. You'll, you'll, uh, when you see the scene, you'll be like, oh, yeah, okay, I get it. I know Definitely what, what about. they're referring to. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't full of shit this time. <laughs> I mean, I trust everything you say, so you could be lying. <laughs> every time. You fool. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie and I don't know any better. Oh, um, <laughs> I'll cure so, you of that. We see some clothes on a balcony in an alleyway, and 
Kirk decides that he's just going to go steal them. And Spock's like, theft? And Kirk says, well, we'll give back to the poor later, I guess. <laughs> so he runs up. Not that anyone is rich, by the way, in the Depression. Like, that's probably those people's only clothes. Mm. And he just runs up the balcony and steals Fair them. Point. Fair point. Yeah. <laughs> like, and then as he runs back down, a cop, like, sees what they're doing. And he's like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? And... I do think we should wait for Carrie. <laughs> I think she's gonna wanna. She's gonna have a say in Kirk. Are you talking about the the ex, the explanation scene? The explanation of fucking Spock's ears. So this is my one and only trigger warning of this episode. There is some racism about to happen, and I mean when that's it's your so only. Soft, it is is there soft racism? Is that a thing? <laughs> I think in this case, it's just ridiculous. I mean, uh, I don't know. It's pretty. I don't funny. know why he chooses necessarily Chinese other than the haircut, and that he's I, got a weird kind of greenish like, yellow pallor. Yeah, he's got like a so, golden skin, but like he could just have way too much bronzer on. We waited for you, Carrie. Welcome back. Talking about we, too much bronzer. So yeah, we're did, talking about. Did you being, wait for me, or are you we, making fun of the show? No, we waited little for a, you. Little a column A, little a column B. <laughs> we were um, waiting for you to talk about the scene where Kirk decides to explain Spock's ears to a cop that has caught him stealing. Oh, <laughs> God. It's so bad. So you got past the Robin Hood. We did, yeah. Ugh. Um, this, this is the only scene in the entire episode where I was like, wow. This is from the 60s. This is yeah. so pretty. I would never say any of those words in the same <laughs> sentence on purpose. <laughs> like, so, so Yeah, Kirk decides to explain Spock's appearance by saying this my friend is Chinese. And, and he was so confident. And he was like, we'll just explain it away. We'll just explain it away. And then yeah. a cop comes and he's like, oh. Oh, I'm going to use the most racist Ooh. way of explaining it He's that I can. Chinese, and yeah. when he was a kid, uh, his head got stuck in well, a rice he got his picker. Ears stuck to in be, a rice picker. To okay. be fair, the to police fair. police officer of that era does not buy it. He doesn't buy it because <laughs> no. it's awful. Like, it's we so have funny. a. <laughs> He's thinking we have a Chinatown. Yeah, yeah I, I know what Chinese people look know like. What a Chinese They're not green. Like. They're not green. They're, that's that's also actually kind of cool about this episode in particular is like when they're standing in that alleyway under that light, you can see how different Spock actually you know, looks. Spock is under natural green. light. Yeah, like you, you don't green. notice it too much, like on the actual oh, like. Yeah, we do. Do I you know. really? Oh yeah, it never well, really comes out for me. He's always green. He's always got that purpley eyeshadow too. Yeah, he has that. Yeah. But I mean, like around his like he's cheek got, and jaw, he was green on the street. He, he I was, was like, wow, very green undertone. Mm. Uh, the, yeah, I think, and it like it doesn't happen as much at the beginning of the series as we progressed. He's like the green alien mm. with the purple eyeshadow. Right. Saw it more as like a gold. Like he looks kind of like saw he looked very pale, like they were like trying to get his ears to blend, like <laughs> with some flesh tones and whatnot. But but so, the wrong flesh tones. We're not yeah, even yeah. we're not even done with the racism. No, we're not. 
he when he was young, he got his ear stuck in a in a rice picker. But, but thankfully, what happens, Sarah? What happens? But thankfully, um, there was an American missionary nearby who was a skilled plastic surgeon. Like, oh, good thing this poor, like, young child from China was deformed, and a white guy came along and saved him. Yes. And, made him and made him just as deformed. Made him just as <laughs> 20 years but now. On- Purposely deformed. Yeah, purposely yeah. pointy ears. It's uh, deformed. So it's so stupid. Like, it's so like Americans. It is, we it is so dumb. It's like he got his head stuck in it, and then they pulled him out, and it just stretched all of his features. Like, is that their? Was that their? Because yeah, maybe the eyebrows went up and the ears. Yeah, exactly. Went up. It's like, just everything went. Leave it there though, because then a white guy had to come and save him. <laughs> like they couldn't just leave the racism where it was. They had to build on top of it. And yeah, Deanna's is right. The cop is not buying it. He's and like, he that's goes, the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> He's like, okay, okay, we're we're gonna arrest you guys. So he like pushes right. him up against a wall, and Spock does his like thing that he's definitely done before. He's like, he- oh. He literally <laughs> falls for the look behind you joke. Yeah, like, well, he's like, what's on you your sure? shoulder? Oh, we'll just like, what? we'll just straighten up your collar here. And yeah. Then, yeah. And then he gives him the Vulcan death grip. But I'm not going to stop it, Mac, and I have to keep no. doing it. That's our word. No, a cop that is that dumb deserves it a death grip. Yeah. <laughs> he really does. Yeah, it's like, and I the- see you through your racism. Yeah. But, but what's on your shoulder again? <laughs> what? Where? Go to sleep. <laughs> Exactly. And the cop is just down. And like people witnessed this. And so they just bolt. They just go running and they run through a few different alleys. And then as Mackin pointed out earlier, kind of back into the original alley that they, they started. Make like, they make like three left turns. It's like you're back where you started. You can't. <laughs> That's unacceptable. That's just, that's just how it works. <laughs> <laughs> there were some other weird camera like continuity issues at the beginning of the episode too that I was gonna point out, but it's like, oh, okay, never mind. Doesn't I mean, matter. No one noticed except me, so that's okay. I mean, they were important. It's fine. Uh, we just don't we just don't notice anymore because it's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but this is actually a pretty good episode. Where but it does play itself like the chase scene, the chase scene music. We can listen to the chase scene. Oh music. yeah. <laughs> Which I'm super positive about the chase scene music. It is. Uh, so, it's, they uh, run into an unlocked basement because nobody locks their basement in 1930. Yes, and they start getting changed. To and be fair, I don't think anybody locked fair. anything until the communists came in the 50s. So <laughs> Yeah, so it <laughs> actually <laughs> makes sense. All unlocked. Uh, <laughs> there's just this cool old dresser. In the basement that they're in, lots it was of really, cobwebs, lots of cobwebs, so much spider webs. Yeah. Um. And then Kirk makes a stupid comment about Spock, which we forgot to drink for, where he's pretty racist about it. Well, speciesist. He says, oh, "I feel like you were almost enjoying yourself there, like you felt almost human." And then Spock says, "You don't have to insult me." Like, come on, dude. And they figure that they have about a week until Bones arrives. And then we get what is, you know, one of those comparisons of time to a river um, with, like, flows 
and currents and dreams like a river yeah ever change in as it goes oh my god thanks garth <laughs> whoa <Welcome>, wayne <laughs> <laughs> going way back on that one. <laughs> I just took as Sarah to the 90s. She's, she's gonna come. So there are currents. There are current liquid either way. Either way. Either way. <laughs> there are currents. Either uh, way. Either <laughs> way. Um currents are uh the time has currents and it's like a fluid and maybe if they got swept up in this current it'll be the same one that possibly bones got caught up in and they'll end up in the same place and so it should be okay is his house fuck justifies the really crazy thing that they ended up in the exact same place on earth when all of time was in question and <laughs> Hey, my tropes are going to trope. Tropes are going to trope. That's fair. Uh, Time travel in sci-fi is a terrible fucking trope. But this one, this one is a classic. So it's actually the the story itself is pretty good. If you don't look too hard at the time travel stuff. Yeah, that's the the story is really nice. Yeah. (laughs) I, I like I appreciate that in later episodes of Star Trek, they start. Like making fun of that a little bit. Like there's a, I, I just recently watched an episode of DS9 where O'Brien is hopping through time back and forth, O'Brien. and he encounters himself, and he he encounters himself, and he's like, he he like looks like from one version of him looks at the other guy, and they just look at each other and like, I I hate time travel continuity. Like, like <laughs> this makes no sense. This shouldn't be happening this way. No, this is stupid, but we're yeah. pointing it out. And that's yeah, we pointed more it than most shows do. You're yes. welcome. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Spock decides that he needs to figure out how to connect his tricorder to the ship somehow so that he can get more information on where they are in time. That's what he's trying to figure out. And he says, this is going to be really hard. And... I think that at this point, Kirk is trying to like egg him on by being kind of a dick. And he's like, oh, I guess I expect too much of you. Thinking That's exactly what's happening. He's nagging him. Yeah. He's like, nagging oh, him to get what yeah, he wants. I wish you were smarter. Yeah. I wish, and I wish you were a little bit taller. I wish you were a baller. He wishes that he had a girl with a something he would call would her. Call her. But, he would call her. And then yeah, so Spock is like, fuck you. I'm going to do this now because you just said that I couldn't. Exactly. Which he shouldn't fall for. I think he's also trying to keep Spock from not acting hopeless because he's like, he's like, there's no hope of fixing this problem. Sure there is. If I'm a dick to you, maybe you'll fix it. Um, And at this point... I just got to nag you, bitch. (laughs) Yeah. At this point, a lady comes down the hill. So I was going to say, specifically, he said... um, if there was a way he could tie it into the computer. And then so when he's like egging him on, he's like, can't you just build something to give you more power is what he's trying to do. That's why he goes through the process of building that rudimentary computer to try to give him basically his tricorder a boost, like a processing power boost. Because, so, I mean, obviously there's no way for them to tie into the ship computer. Yeah, okay. Because so it doesn't exist computer. anymore. Exactly. Yeah, It's gone. Except that apparently it does somehow because he does it. Well, no, he doesn't tie it into the ship's computer. He's got his tricorder. tricorder that he just makes more powerful. 
so that he gets the information from his tricorder. Yeah, because oh, okay. it doesn't have yeah. enough power to uh, okay. to process the information fast enough or whatever. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. So technically, the tricorder had all of Earth's history in it already. He just needed chunk, to access yeah. it. Because he'd okay. been recording it as it looped through after Remember the boy jumped through. And then okay. He, yeah. Okay. 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 So. Yeah. Okay. The lady comes down the stairs and Spock hides. And she's like, uh, what's going on down here? And Kirk. Fuck? Yeah. Kirk lies to her at first. And she says, a lie is, well, I think he says like, oh, we were just trying to escape the cold. And she says, well, a lie is a really terrible way to say hello. Because um, it's not fucking cold outside, it's bitches. it's not cold outside. <laughs> and at this point, we have romantic music playing. And she is very beautiful. She's so pretty. It's then Collins playing Edith Keeler, surrounded yeah. by a lovely, soft focus. Yeah, yeah. the whole time. She always Every- has this beautiful, soft. And she has, like, we talked about this several times during the pre-watch that we did before the podcast she has a doll face like she looks like she could be a doll but not like the cutesy doll like a pretty doll yeah she looks like um she looks like a doll like with big eyes and a tiny nose and like a perfect like and she's always wearing like this perfectly rosy lipstick and she probably wouldn't haunt your house no, she wouldn't haunt. She's not a haunted doll. She's no, a, she's a pretty she, fun doll. Yeah, she's. A, if she was a haunting doll, she'd be the type that would like sweep up and do the dishes when you're not there. Yeah, yeah. or just she's like, like warn doll. you. Like a, we Mary Poppins type of doll. I talked about this with some friends, uh, Amelia and Lenny, because I don't know what how exactly it happened, but uh, Lenny was talking about having a ghost, or no, Amelia was. And I was like, oh, yeah, you must have one of those ghosts that, like, make sure that you don't get stabbed with knives when you drop them. And she was like, yeah, that is the kind of ghost I have. <laughs> like, apparently you can have a ghost that is just, like, a really cool ghost that won't Helpful. let you get. Yeah. yeah. And that's she would be that kind of ghost that wouldn't let you stab your foot with a knife. Oh, yeah. Down. She would be. A, if she was haunting anything, it would. she would be doing it out of the kindness of her heart. Yeah. Your dreams <laughs> because you're in love with her. Yeah, she's very pretty. I am kind of in love with her. And yeah. I think that Kirk is definitely smitten here because he decides to just tell her the truth. Like, we stole the clothes. Um, you know, we're poor. It's the fucking depression. It's kind yeah. of like yeah. out here. So um, did we ever come to a consensus on what her accent is? Is she a foreigner or is she she's a British from the child. upper Critch? No, she's, she's she from the splendid. New English. She's perfectly splendid. Perfectly okay. splendid. I have no idea. She. I didn't even know she had an accent until you know Carrie told me. Okay, I'm going to. Yeah, first of all, Sarah had no idea. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna make up the story, the backstory right now. She had really rich. British parents that immigrated here to the US and then she looked around and was like this is bullshit there are so many poor people that can't even make ends meet and I'm living in this lavish splendor with my posh British accent and I just drink tea and this is garbage <laughs> look at all these how poor very, people how very progressive yeah very she's progressive. very and progressive so, <laughs> and so she starts this like her parents have a lot of money and so she uh, get some of it, and then she starts the mission, which is where she works and she owns it, because she really believes that, like, everybody's pretty cool as long as, like, they have a place to sleep and stuff, and so she's like, alright, well, everybody deserves some food, 
No, everybody deserves some food. Someone has fully embraced their white guilt. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And she's going to take care of all of these people. But there weren't weren't any people of color in the mission. There was. There was. There was. There's one. He's serving coffee. Oh, good job, Mackin, for noticing. Was smart. I I really think that's what it was. I think. I think. (laughs) I do believe that her backstory is she is a very rich Brit, but her parents live here. She got some money, opened a mission. Because how the fuck else would a woman in 1930 do shit? It's true. And they do, she does say right here, they like when Kirk introduces himself, he gives his name. He says, I'm Kirk. Well, he says, I'm James Kirk. This is my friend Spock. Like he couldn't think of another name for him. And she says, Well, I, uh, my name's Edith Keeler. I run the 21st Street mission. Um, And, (laughs) and Spock says that, like she's she's offering them a job basically, and she says how much she can pay them. And Spock says he's gonna need money for his hobby in quotes, because <laughs> how else do you explain fuck this? Is yeah, yeah a hobby. Yeah, I don't um, know. Yeah, because Spock has come out of the woodworks. By the way, he went and hid, and then he realized that everything was okay, and he came back out with a hat on. Like suddenly, he found a beanie that he could cover his ears yeah. with. <laughs> yeah. Just put that on over there and uh, move on. everything. I feel fixed. So they have now moved on to the mess hall where they're getting like bread and soup and they have to listen to her give a speech. Get to. Ah, They get to. All of the tables and chairs are pointed at a piano on a stage. And I thought she was going to bust into a rowdy. Really thought there would have been a song. I thought there was going to be a song. It was a speech. Well, yeah, and it's like, I guess it's kind of a truism, like, for that time. Like, you, and it's even today, like, um, a lot of the places. Well, I mean, a lot of the places that do these sort of, like, services where they're trying to help out homeless and whatnot, those things aren't necessarily free, and they kind of make fun of that, like, in this scene where they're talking about time to pay for your soup, and it's like, yeah, you have to listen to the religious stuff. It's like yeah. you have to participate in our religious ceremony stuff in order to be here. Yeah. And that holds true today for a lot of places that are doing like, oh, it like does. the, the, the outreach to... places in Bellingham. It's like, you better sit in the prayer group or you don't get to eat. So it's not, it's not free. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just out of the, yeah. It's no, like it definitely... at the same time, it's like when they're, you know, it's, it's a religious thing, right? Like this is how we spread our religion is like we bring in. Yeah. The hapless poor who don't have a choice and you preach at them and you pay and them. You with preach them. at them. Except for salvation. Is, what, what she is preaching doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, I don't know what she's gaining from these people listening to her speech. No. Because, okay. She's, she's a well-to-do, you know, rich, rich girl, probably. Yeah, again, yeah. I think this is just like a really rich white girl whose parents are kind of shitty that's like... Guys, we can go to the future. You just got to not be fucked up. Yeah, yeah, we can do all these things. But before she gets into her speech, um, there is a guy that says, okay, well, now you need to pay for your meal. But the way he says it is super shitty. He's just like, yeah. um, I could think of another way she could give me a speech or something stupid like that. And then rampant misogyny. Yeah. yeah. And then it's pretty gross. And then Kirk's like, shut up. I he's like, wait. 
white knight for you. <laughs> it's, well, I think what's especially annoying with his white knightness is that he would have made, if that guy hadn't made the, like, slur thing first, like, it would have been Kirk. Kirk would have said that. I could think of another Kirk's job. Could... I, don't yeah. so. I don't think that's quite his MO. I think he would have. He's oh, yeah, he a would lot have. of other comments. He would have been that... like, that's a pretty lady. Oh, I could I see can't... I could see McCoy doing that. I couldn't see Kirk doing that. Uh-uh. No, we could see it. Yeah, see it. I could see it from either of them. <laughs> McCoy's not there right now, but I could see it from either of them. Uh, so it just frustrates me. I mean, I understand that he does want to also hear what she has to say. And she starts yeah. talking about, like, this hopeful Quit future. talking about my lady like that. Yeah, and she is, like... She's talking about how you don't have to do all of these things um, and that there's going to be so many great things like in this peaceful future where we're going to like, sh- she's really like too on the nose about like going off into the stars in like a spaceship. Like is that yeah, she's what- pretty much future telling and it's yeah. like very like, hmm, how do you, what? You don't yeah. know that. So after after her speech and they've all eaten, they're putting away their dishes and she comes out and she's like, hey, Kirk, like you're a very uncommon workman. Like you did a really good job in my basement. (laughs) 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 It's cleaner than she's ever seen it. (laughs) You really, really cleaned out the hell out of my basement. (laughs) Cleaned out that basement. (laughs) Yeah. Are you guys making a vagina joke? I was yeah. making a butt joke. <laughs> it really was a butt joke, but you know, it's down. Right. It's down. Yeah. The lower All level. Right. Take, yeah. what you, take what you yeah. can get. Who knows what they were doing? Could have been anything. Could have been anywhere He's down got there. a clean basement. That's all we she, know. That's all we know is that he cleaned up her basement real good. Oh, yeah. She, she wants to uh, give him a room. She's just yeah. like... Do you have a flop to stay at? And he's like, a what? Which, by the way, a what? <laughs> like, yeah. I also don't know what a flop do, is. Do I have a what now? And this, <laughs> I'm pretty sure, is because they didn't have Google in yeah. 1969 or eight. Referencing so, flop houses. Yeah. So what they're doing is like being like, I know something from the 30s. <laughs> <laughs> Can we put it in? <laughs> Can we? <laughs> put it in <laughs> Can I do one thing i know Where's your pop? yeah Where's your pop? yeah and they do and she says well, well there's a vacant room it's two dollars a week and then uh, he's like sure cool and he goes over to spock and he's like we have a flop and spock's like what We've and a- that's the scene yeah shut up and then, idiot. And then we go to spock working word. he's working in the flop and it's uh, it's basically just this like Tesla coil sending up electricity, and then like a bunch of other blinky lights, and he's like screwing something in with a knife. <laughs> um, and Kirk comes in with a bunch of groceries. He he kind of reminds me a little bit of like a like fifties housewife that's just had like a really rough time at the grocery store while her husband just stayed home and tinkered the whole time. Like that's how I feel. Kirk that is looked. the vibe. That's the vibe. <laughs> yeah. He like flops these two grocery bags down. They're very heavy. Yeah. And they're talking <laughs> very heavy bags. Um, and so they're talking about like what's happening. And Spock is like, I need five pounds of platinum. To six pounds platinum. Yeah. I, platinum. Like, I like the look on his face though, and he's his little like reaction shot of like, oh my god, this guy. 
Yeah. You're not this guy get just it. needs five pounds of platform platinum. Yeah. It's so and easy Kirk, to get. Kirk, also still the housewife, is like, um, our wages bought four groceries and 20 pounds of your garbage. And yeah. we cannot ever afford platinum. Ever. Yeah. Never going to happen. <laughs> or gold. Or yes. silver. Or you anything else you're going to ask me get for. any of these things. You know, we can get carrots. Yeah. You're going to plug some fucking potatoes together. Yeah. yeah. Make your and goddamn battery. Make a circuit. You'll figure it out, Spock. But I'm and not if you don't, you. that's not my fucking problem. Here's and, dinner. Yeah, and Spock says it's going to take him like three weeks to a month to like fix it with what he has now. And we get a knock which, on the door. Which we saw in this scene is a steak knife. Yeah, he's figuring that's what he's using is a steak knife <laughs> yeah. to do all of this with. We actually have a scene I really like here where Edith knocks on the door and she's offering them some work. She does not wait for an answer. She knocks on the door and hurts in. Yeah, she's just like, okay, so. I'm going to catch these gay guys. Oh, (laughs) Oh, they weren't even gay. Nothing exciting here. But she, she says, I have some work for you if you're available. And then she's like, 22 cents an hour. Yeah, not a lot. Not a lot of money here. Um, she's like, oh, what you got there? Like looking at like Spock's giant setup of just shit. And he's like, oh, um, this is my endeavor with uh, stone knives and bear skin. I'm making a mnemonic circuit <laughs> out of stone knives and bear skin. Bear skin. And she's just like, oh, okay. 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 And okay. she walks away. Yeah. Total total passive aggression brought to you by Mr. Spock. I just but her response passive aggressive. She's like, all right, whatever. Yeah. Wait, all right. She, she obviously I guess that's knows. code. She's like, you're lying to me. I know that I know there's something up with you two, and you're fucking lying to me. I so, I took that scene actually not as you're lying to me. Like Spock was all passive aggressive and shitty, and she yeah. saw it was there and, and was like, like, you know what? Care. Yeah, I, I just. Care. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Oh, see, I uh, took it as I took it as she already knew something was going on and just knew she wasn't going to get an answer from them. As to I, I figured it just whatever was going on was above her head, and she was like, yeah. "I don't give a shit." Yeah, okay, whatever. I've got, I I've got more people care. to feed. I got yeah, more I people to feed. I have work for you, so let's go do that. And they are they go to do their work, and they're at a restaurant with some brooms, and Spock's wearing his like beanie. Um. And he notices that some guy in this restaurant, I don't know what he's doing or why he has like, he's fixing a clock. Thank you, Mackin, for paying attention. Um, (laughs) Funny guy that one time. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I need his tools. And Kirk's just like, oh, well, you'll have to steal them, I guess. So like the next scene, this is all very like patched together. The next yeah, scene, yeah, this doesn't make sense. Yeah, is him picking like a co- like a like a definitely They're... 1960s combination lock. <laughs> like I yeah, they had that in the well, 30s. So pad- no padlocks were invented in 1931. So I was actually just wondering that myself. I was like, okay. did they even have that? 1931. I just looked it up because okay. this yeah, this thing was from 1930. So oh, they didn't have it. It was a year off. Yeah, yeah, they didn't have it. <laughs> barely. Oh, they barely didn't have it. This is <laughs> the first one. This was the prototype. That is the prototype. Exactly. The beta version. <gasps> right. Maybe they did change history. They just didn't oh. even know it. Didn't even know it. 
Continuity, damn it. It matters. Apparently, this is a 9.3 on IMDb, so no, it fucking don't. (laughs) Well, that's why I lost seven points. Because of this logic. So he they had combos back then. (laughs) Nope. He breaks into the combination. He breaks into the combination lock. He steals the tools because he needs them to work on his thing. And he says, I'm going to give it back. Oh, well, actually, so the girl, like, okay, so it's so quick. Like this whole scene is so quick. He does that, and then they're down in the basement again, and she just comes down to be like Hey, you opened that lock like a pro and stole like his tools. I don't yeah, know you how stole she knows. my shit. Why do you steal my shit? How, how does she you know? know? Yeah, how do you know? How does she a, that know the tools were stool- stolen? Second, who did it? Were you watching? There's not cameras. You I don't, don't have like closed security. She's like all... peepholes all over the place. Yeah, she just she knows she's all. Fine. She knows everything. She's, she's an alien. She's, got she's also from the, the future. Yeah, she's got paintings on the wall where you just get to put your eye through. Yeah, exactly. Well, she is. She is a rich woman, so we figure she's got to have a bunch of secret passages. Yeah. That's fair. So That's she's like, fair. "Why would you steal these things?" And that this is when Spock says, "I plan to give it back as soon as I am done with it. It'll be back by the morning." And uh, he. Kirk says, if Spock says it's going to be back, you can bet your reputation that it will be. Like, he's not lying to you. And she's like, okay, well, walk me home um, and we'll we'll talk about this. Uh, you but, man, I don't know. Walk me home. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's known him. I think at this point they've been there a few weeks. I'm pretty sure. Because mm-hmm. Spock made all of that shit. And then like... It's All not I'm like, saying is Kirk yeah. has never given me a vibe where I'd be like, walk me, walk home, me home. I agree with you. But she says it to him here. And then she says, I have a lot of questions for you. Like, I know that you're out of place here. Um, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it is about you, but I'm going to figure out what it is about you. That's different. And so, and then Spock says something to him and he kind of like stops. And she says, Captain. Even when he doesn't say it, it's implied. So, and like, she doesn't. Your captain. He, yeah, he she. Yeah, he didn't say it, but she heard whatever Spock was going to say. Like, she could hear the captain at the end of it without him saying it. She's very intuitive. She's very pretty, and she's very progressive. <laughs> oh my god, she's me! Oh my god, that's why I like her so much. Oh. Except you would never fall for Kirk. Where I would our, never fall for Kirk. Our biggest question here is why is it Kirk? Why is that the one she falls for? Yeah, absolutely, Spock. One hundred percent. I would have been on yeah. that weird. That's one hundred percent where she should have been. I don't understand it. So not um, for us to know. It's not for us not. to know. They're they're on their walk, and Mackin was very curious how her crocheted hat could stay on her head with how precariously it is perched to the side. And then you guys explained it with a very simple piece of technology. Bobby, Bobby pins. pins. But her hat is like, it's definitely like a crocheted hat. Oh, yeah. And it's it's like a beret, but it's only on half of her head. It's a slouchy it beanie. It's a, it's a slouchy, a slouchy beanie, beanie on the side of her head. It's she looks good. She looks fucking. Oh yeah, like, she, she, really she always does. Yeah, she nails it in every fucking scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was her name again, Megan? <laughs> uh, the the actress or the yeah character? the actress. Uh, that is Joan Collins. 
Joan Collins. I gotta figure dynasty, out Dynasty. Dynasty. Fucking Dynasty. Is she in Dynasty? Yeah, she's like the main bad guy in Dynasty. What? Okay, Sarah, hold on. Everybody stop. <laughs> <laughs> hold wait, on. Wait a goddamn minute. I'm not fucking kidding around. She's the bad guy in Dynasty. Dynasty. Everybody at Dynasty. the same time. Yeah, Joan Collins is the fucking shit. She was for she years. Is still, she's still fucking making TV. She, Joan it's Collins, is like, she is she's the original bitch. Holy she crap. is Joan Collins is the original bitch. Like the but first. Not in this one. She's not a bitch at all. She's no, just not a, at all. She's a. She's just a really she's nice American person. Horror story. This is so exciting. <laughs> Dynasty. Dynasty. We so, saw her. She showed up in her big hat. Oh, God. She's we need to watch more guy. Dynasty. That's the problem here. So, <laughs> Megan just blew our... Well, actually, Carrie blew my mind. Thank you, <laughs> Megan, for clarifying who plays her. No wonder she's yeah. so beautiful and perfect. That was young Joan Collins. She was nice, and then Hollywood got a minute with oh, her, crap. and then she was she's, like, "Fuck you." She's been in a ton of stuff, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, she yeah. is. Oh man, she's so she's good in this, of, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's having this nice conversation on this walk with Kirk about how, um, how how he's related to Spock, like what their relationship is. Why does he call you Captain? Like, were you in the war together? And he says, well, we served together. Yeah. And like kind of. Yeah, well, you know. Um, and she says, Well, let me let me help you. And there's this really long, stupid conversation that I don't give a shit about, where he's just like, centuries from now, somebody will say that saying those words, let me help you, is more important than saying I love you. And then she's like, oh, where was he from? And then he's like, Orion's belt. And it's like, it's okay. Some planet up there. And she I'm goes, so, oh, that's so cute. Oh, how cute. Like, this, this is, if somebody, if I had that conversation with someone, I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking oh, about? Why are you so fucking crazy? What the shit? What? She doesn't like question it, though. She's not like, oh, that's no. interesting. I thought that you were not from the time. And it turns out you're actually not. She's just like, so, oh, I was right. That's so romantic. Uh-huh. So uh, we go to Spock. I'm trying to speed us up here because Mackin has to get somewhere in 20 minutes. <laughs> 19. Yeah. So Spock finds an article on his tricorder from the future showing that Edith Keller was actually killed in a traffic accident. Mm-hmm. And at this point, Kirk comes in and Spock's like, hey, I found our anchor in time. And they come across this article once uh, Kirk is sitting down with him. He's like, okay, well, this could be a little distressing. Um, but instead of finding that article, they're looking at an article from six years in the future. So, like, somehow the tricorder is picking up the alternate universe Yeah, we did. Do, 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 do. We don't care. We don't care. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how it's getting both of these We versions. don't know. Yeah. We don't know. Um, but Continuity. it's... Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's an article about fucking matter. (laughs) An article about Edith Keller meeting FDR, um, and they're conferring. Like the article actually says, FDR confers with Slum Angel, which (laughs) a little bit like okay. I still, I like, I kind of want that as my street name, Slum Angel. It's a good Slum Angel. Slum Angel. Yeah. Please remind. (laughs) You don't we just want needed, it. 
We need I'm not to- clean. <laughs> <laughs> so Kirk gets really excited that, oh, well, she's going to do so much stuff six years from now. Like, yeah, this is really hot. important. Like, I'm so, so into cool. this. Yeah. And then um, while, while this is all happening, and uh, Kirk's like, so Bones kills her? And Spock says, well, that or he keeps her from being killed. Like, we need to figure out what it is. Yeah, we don't actually know what happens, but we got to prevent it. Exactly. One way or the other. And then he's like, I just like, are you, what if she has to die? Like, are you going to be okay? And then Kirk does like a sad face. And we go to a scene in an alley with a horse and a carriage and some guy who's just like sneaking around trying to find some milk to drink. He's just, you know, doing his thing. And McCoy just comes out of nowhere, screaming assassins and murderers. And this guy is just staring at him like, what the fuck do I do with this information? I'm trying to enjoy my stolen milk. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to drink some milk. And... Try to steal some stuff and then enjoy it. And then this guy's all fucking it up. What, what is happening? Um, And then he's like, you, what planet am I on? And the guy's like, oh, fuck. Ah uh, shit! And yeah, he like he's drops just in there. Yeah, he drops the milk he tried to steal and breaks it, and then he like runs away. And then Bones follows him, like screaming, "Don't run! I won't, I won't kill, kill you. you! I won't kill you!" <laughs> he's like a crazy person. First of all, if anybody starts chasing me, I'm just gonna run. Second of all, if they're like, "I won't kill you," I'm <laughs> going to assume you're trying to kill me. Like you would assume that's not true. <laughs> yeah. I assume if you're chasing me, you're going to do harm of some sort. Yeah. Maybe you don't kill me, but this is not going to be a pleasant conversation. <laughs> I will be dead. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And so we go to a scene where I think Kirk has gotten her to her house. They well, are, we kind we're... of skipped over, like, oh, wait, hang on. No, carry on, carry on. Sorry. Yeah, no, you're right. I'm it's coming about, up. I'm thinking about uh, the poor guy named Rodent. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was Rodent, I believe. Yeah. I think Rodent was the guy who was drinking the milk. He's, yeah. he's, I feel like this is maybe more the sci-fi author kind of, like, naming. I feel like he otherwise would have been known as, like, Street Urchin or something like that. But because it's a sci-fi author, he gave and him a an name. old dude. Rodent. Yeah. And the name he gave him was Rodent, which seems a little off color, but very on point for like a 60s sci-fi writer. Um, And so we go to Kirk taking um, Edith home and she's she has this very optimistic view of the future. And she's like, maybe by then we'll be spending money like not on war. And he says, well, what will we spend it on? And then she's just like, yes, we speak the same language. And it's like, but you didn't... Nobody said anything. Nobody said anything. You you just said words at each other. You didn't... That wasn't even a conversation. Well, it's because they were speaking the same language. It just wasn't a language we understood. That's fair. I guess. Okay, so um, she is ridiculously optimistic. They speak the same language. And then we go back to McCoy. And this is the part where he, like, has caught up to Rodent somehow. And he, he, like, gives, like, this really uncomfortable pat down. He does. And he's like, oh, biped. Small, which I think is a bit rude. He's I know. just a regular size guy. When you're in a man's crotch area, don't say small. That's just yeah. offensive. You're well, not even trying to be nice. Yeah, it shouldn't. It shouldn't necessarily have to be offensive. I'm not doing any sort of penis shaming here. It's just like 
he the guy wasn't small. Like he's just a regular no, sized guy. Pretty average. Yeah, come on. Yeah. He's a biped. Sure, I'll give you that. Throws his head <laughs> on the ground. So rude. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of things Crazy. here. So he's like touching his head. Has anybody like, anybody ever noticed that he's wearing a ring on his pinky finger? Bones. Yeah. I did not notice uh-huh. that. That's a really douchey thing to do, though. Wearing a ring on his pinky finger. I, just... I, must I did be not the, notice that. It's a douche coming out in him. So and the whole... Bones is all, he's totally convinced this is all fake. He is. He's he, super he, confused. He thinks that this is, he says it's a museum, modern museum compilation. So, like, he's super yeah. convinced that somebody is fucking with him hardcore. Yeah, which is why is he's real. Why he's patting the guy down. And um, also and we, how you know he's on drugs. Yeah. He's convinced like, this is all fake. Are you drunk? Maybe is that what's going on here? Yeah. Um, and are so, you part of Q? Do you just yeah. not accept reality? What's happening? <laughs> and then, uh, so the guy he, tries to rob him. Well, no, that's no. after, that's so after what he happens is madness. Bones like grabs a pole like a cement pillar that's by him and he starts like talking to himself and then my notes say that he just faints of sadness. He has like a break, like a full <laughs> mental breakdown. He's like, oh, there, maybe there's a hospital nearby. With well, he needle. crashes. He crashes yeah. big time. Yeah. That he and crashes. And sitchers? Were they so people together like garments? Like garments? <laughs> He's like, just cut and he, sew like clothing. I feel like maybe we should have had high more on this one. That would be just for that one scene. Just for the how would high more feel about you saying that you're sewing people together like garments <laughs> Probably not well. Not well. <laughs> I would have would have like he would never recover from that. No, spirit. it would have ruined him. <laughs> it would <laughs> Um, and so he he has fallen to the ground and he does he get faints patted. from sadness. He faints. He gets patted down, and Rodent, I guess is his name. He takes the phaser and he like runs like I don't know ten feet away. Yeah, it's approximately ten it. feet. Yeah, starts playing he with suffers it. Suffers the fate with many fools yeah, who play he with like, guns. He starts playing with it and he's like, mm, "What's this? Mm, I'm gonna put yeah. it in my face and hit a button." Vaporizes himself. Yep. Nice. Which, by the way, that should change the timeline. It definitely should. <laughs> like, he's not a butterfly. He's a fucking human being. <laughs> like, Oh, I... he's... Well, it's also interesting, though, too, is, like, had he not died in that way, would history have reverted back to the way it should have been? I don't... I don't know, but they mm. never they never they go never back. Well, that. nobody knew, right? McCoy McCoy had to go back in time and murder that guy by accident. Yeah. Maybe That's, that was part of history. That was already mm. part of the actual history. Who knows? Um, so apology. Oh my! Uh, Kirk has gone back to his uh, flop, where Spock is slowly uh, taking over with his electronics yeah he's like i need two more days and kirk's just like ah bones could have been here already we've been here for so long and this is why i think she trusted him a little bit more because it's been a while and uh he's like okay well like I, i lost like three hours worth of work and i still have to make money to fix these things so it just takes me some time i'm sorry 
Um, and then Kirk's like, I look, I just have to know whether she lives or dies, which by the way, no matter what the outcome of this whole thing, she dies. He's from 200 years in her future. She dead. Like there's no outcome where she's not dead. Yeah. She's still dead. She's still dead. (sighs) Then we go to bones, just stumbling through the street in the daylight. But he like, I assume he must smell the coffee because he just like notices something and stumbles across the street to where you then see him die. He doesn't get hit by a car and die at this point. Um, But he, he, he then stumbles into her mission where she's pouring coffee for people. And um, she's like, Oh, you look terrible. Like, let me get you a cot. Um, and so she like Lay leaves shit down, you piece yeah. of shit. You she, are garbage. Which I think that's actually really nice. Like he looks like he could be fucking trouble. Like yeah. he doesn't look safe. <laughs> but she she's just like, Hey, you're a lost soul and I need to help you. And she I takes him to a cot sleep. to lay down I and give him sleep. Yeah. And maybe have some coffee. And then as she walks away with bones, Spock turns around from behind the counter and comes out and starts serving coffee. So it's like this nice little missed connection where he could have seen that McCoy was there. Uh But he didn't. Um, But that's not how time works. Nope. And then we go to Spock back. I guess at this point, time has passed and he's now back in his flop. So a day, you figure. (laughs) Yeah. Evening now. Evening, yeah. I assume, yeah, it's probably like the afternoon. Maybe he's on his break. He's a uh, he's uh we're he's watching the news and he's getting all of this information about Germany and Hitler. And this is where I get a little bit fuzzy, but I think Mackin knows what was going on. Uh, they basically Mackin discover does know. they discover that she, if she survives, she talks. You explain to FDR. Yeah. Yeah. She basically that- talks. It delays America. it delays the United States. It delays their entry into World War II. And so it she stops them gives from the Nazis aggressive. enough time. Yeah, it gives the United States or the gives the Nazis enough time in Germany enough time to complete its nuclear experiments and then they're able to get the nuke before we are. Because like at this point in history, America and Germany were like head and head with the like we stole a bunch of their scientists and then we mm-hmm completed the atomic bomb and basically because she starts the peace talks america doesn't aggressively pursue scientific violence and so germany gets the edge yeah and 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 this is all yeah Yeah, it's all because mccoy kept her from dying somehow so they have to find him and stop him from saving her and so she gotta die bitch gotta die kirk's like okay but like when does she have to die and Spock's like, I don't know, I'm not a time scientist. I don't fucking, I didn't write this down. Which he, he was watching the news. He probably could have written down when she needed to die, but he didn't. I'm sure that newspaper had a date. Well, on they it. know it's going to be a street accident. It's a street accident at some point soonish, I guess. Um, but like, what he knows. <laughs> so then we have Kirk, <laughs> the. And he's like, I I believe that I'm in love with Edith Keeler. And Spock's just like, well, that okay, but she's she's gonna die. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm. That's sorry. super Ooh. cool that you understand that there's an emotion called love, but 
get rid of it because she's gonna oh. die. <laughs> she she Fuck her. die. Yeah, sorry. So I need I need you to be a Vulcan for a minute instead of a human. Yeah. It's kind of one of those interesting things because it's like they're constantly appealing to like Spock's like humanity all the time. They're always trying to get him to be more human. And in this case, they're like, we need you to be less human for a minute. Yeah. I we need you to just like buck up here and yep. be okay with it. And so Bones has woken up on his cot and he's like I guess the common question to ask, because Edith Keeler is there with him, and so he's like, the common question to ask here would be, where am I? But I'm not going to do that. And she's like, oh, why not? And he's like, because no matter what you tell me, I might, I'm fucking crazy, basically. <laughs> like, no matter the answer, I'm a crazy person. I don't want to deal with that. Which, you know what? I get it. Fair. And he starts talking about how this looks like maybe Earth in, like, the 20s. And she's like, oh, would you take the 30s? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I'm a, like, sh- I don't know what she's talking about here, but he has one of his lines where he's like, I'm a surgeon, not a psychologist. <laughs> like, I love it when Bones tells me what he's not. He's not so many things. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not anything. I'm just I'm, a doctor. I'm a doctor. Or I'm just a, a doctor. Surgeon. A surgeon's a pretty important doctor. Um, but he, he does say his name. He says, my name's Leonard McCoy. I'm from the SS Enterprise. And she's like, well, I could hardly believe all that. And he says, that's okay, dear. I don't believe in you either. And I think that's my favorite line in the that whole thing. Is definitely your favorite line. Because <laughs> when he said it, Sarah was like, holy shit, that's amazing. <laughs> and in the uh, watch through, uh, she was like, it's coming. The line's I coming. <laughs> I just love it. There's something about telling someone you don't believe in them that just it brings me such joy. Like if next time somebody's talking to me, they're like, I don't, I couldn't believe that. I'm just gonna be like, it's okay. I don't believe in you either. Like when you leave a room and people ask you where you're going and you tell them for secret reasons. (laughs) I don't believe in you either. It's just there's all sorts of good things there. Yeah, I'm doing what I'm doing. What are you doing? Yeah, fuck off. So we then go to a scene where she is like walking up the stairs and Kirk is following her. And she's like, Hey, are you following me? And he's like, Oh, it's only for good reasons. And then she like falls and he catches her and they like have like this. Yeah, he puts her back on the steps. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> and it's like, obviously going to be a very intimate moment. So Spock like walks away as they like have a kiss. And she's like, it's like, oh, I- I can't. I I, died. Yeah, she's like, I've walked these stairs a thousand times and I've never died. It's perfectly splendid that you're here. I could have broken my neck. Yeah. Oh. (laughs) Oh dear. (laughs) Carrie and I's impression of her. That's very Um, good. Very relevant. I think it's on point. (laughs) Megan shakes his head. No, he doesn't even want to be a part of our podcast anymore. He's got to be at work right now. We oh, set it up as much shit. as possibly okay. good. We have one okay. more page of notes. We've got this. Okay. It's okay. So, uh, so, <laughs> so <laughs> she walks away. They're done after their romantic music and everything. And we, we do need to take a moment to talk about Spock's outfit here because he is wearing a peacoat mm. and a blue beanie. And he's got his straight across bangs. And he does he's... look... He's yeah. going to get a job at the co-op, no problem. He, he should no problem. live in Portland. And they're probably, about something. Yep, they're probably going to let him work behind the counter at the deli. Yeah. yeah. He's, and then 
androgynous. Closer <laughs> than you know, love, love each other slow. We could also karaoke that fuck. one. Oh, we should. That's a great song. That's a good one. If we can find it. And then oh, we, we move on to the next scene with the restorative yes. powers of coffee. God damn it. Wait, 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 Spock has to tell Kirk, mm. you, you saved you her there, her. and you shouldn't do that. Yeah. So yeah. Um, he's like, just next time she's going to die, don't save her. Yeah. <laughs> just let her die. <laughs> you let people die, damn just it. Just let her die, okay? You don't have to kill anybody. Just don't, just don't save not them. kill them. Just don't not kill them. <laughs> I think they actually they missed a really good opportunity right there for them to like kind of flip the whole like when he's usually like episode after episode always trying to appeal like or McCoy's trying to appeal to Spock to like be more human. That would have been a great scene for him to be like, you need to put your humanity aside for a minute. We're not yeah. talking about just you. We've got an entire planet full of people who are going to die. Logic to your ass. I'm going to make right. you logic your ass. Exactly. You need to be less human, you piece of shit. Yeah, I mean, he gets there. Yeah, he's like, but... if you if you save her, millions of people are going to die that shouldn't. Yeah. And so, um, then she goes to check on Bones, and he's looking perfectly normal now because and of the healing, healing properties yeah. of, of coffee, coffee and a nap, and a nap. <laughs> Which, by the way, is so healing. Like those are the two best things I can think of. For a hangover, which is basically yeah. a- well, no. Last time I was addicted to meth, I just took coffee and a nap. <laughs> coffee and a nap. Kick that shit like a bad habit. Uh-huh. No like a bad problem. habit. So uh Bones is like, "What are you?" And she's like, "I'm a friend. Like I run this place. Like I'm here for you. Like I'm. I'm glad you're feeling better." But and he's like, oh, "I think you saved my life." And she's like, "Hey." That's what I'm here for. And then she says, my young man is taking me to a Clark Gable movie today. I don't know why she's breaking up her young man. My young man. And Bones is like, a what? And she's like, Clark Gable movie? And he's like, I know what a movie is. And then he's just like, she's like, you're very strange. And he's like, "Eh, yeah, I know. And so (laughs) we go to Kirk Kirk and Edith are walking down the street. They cross in front of a car and Kirk kind of waves it off and they're having like this really like fun flirty moment. And she mentions this doctor that she took care of named McCoy. And he's like, what? <laughs> she, like, oh, she my. says, she says, we should go to the Clark Gable movie. And Kirk's like the what? And she's like, oh, that's so weird. McCoy also didn't know who Clark uh, Gable was. And he's like, McCoy. And he gets like his ears perk up and he's like, you stay right here and he like runs back to the building and McCoy I guess and Spock are at the same time are coming out of the building just perfectly no, no. timed. So here's what happened is um they met Edith. I think Kirk and Spock came out of the building. Spock went down the sidewalk. Kirk met Edith. They oh. went across the street and then they talked about McCoy. Kirk planted Edith solidly on the sidewalk. On the sidewalk. And he's like, he starts yelling, Spock! Spock! Oh, he's Spock. yelling at Spock to come back. Yeah, he's back. yelling at Spock. Okay. And so Spock comes running, and then Kirk is, runs across the street, and then McCoy comes out of the doors, and they just have, like, the happiest bro hug. They do. They're just, like, they're so jumping excited. up and down. It's like a 
so broy. So happy to see each other. All back slaps and yeah, yeah. and in chest rubs. Yeah. In really nice moment that she's witnessing. She starts crossing the street because she's like, even oh. Spock is shaking his hand. Yeah, Spock's yeah. excited. Everyone's happy. And as she's crossing the street, a car comes and uh, Bones like is like, oh no! And he like runs out to try and stop her. And Kirk just grabs Bones in a big hug. And- in a big hug and bones is like fighting against him because he can see that she's about to get hit by a car and Kirk's not looking like he, I think he knows what's happening and he's stopping him and she gets hit by a car behind him. And bones is like super appalled. And he's just like, I could have, I could have saved her. Like, do you know me? Yeah. Why would you stop? Like, you know what you've done. And then Spock says, he he knows, like he realizes he exactly what yeah. he did, and you get like this pretty long scene on like Kirk's sad face He's and trembling with emotion. Yeah, it's a lot. A lot happened here, and we There's go a slight lip quiver. It's not a oh, trembling yeah. of emotion. It's <laughs> like yeah. it's saddish. I mean, I'm done and see. Sad story, but then they they jump back through the cosmic butthole of time. They they, they jump through fucker. Like there's no transition between. So we're looking at Kirk's sad face. Yeah, and then they're suddenly back in their uniforms, jumping through the cosmic butthole. That's actually a part of that episode that drives me nuts. Is do they even remember where they came into that world at? And McCoy came into the past in a completely different spot. Nope. How do they get back? How the fuck do they get back? <laughs> Everything it, is fine. It no! <laughs> Everything is okay. Again, I want to get out. This is a 9.3 on IMDb. I know. I no know. There's, there's a <laughs> lot of Star Trek that ends in this way, and it's one thing that I hate about the show. This Even is- though I love Star Trek, this is like this sort of ending where everything just sort of Works, works out. out. It's Call like ah! this is, is one like, of the this is one of the best of the best. This is yeah, top tier. I call <laughs> it lazy writing, but you know, yeah, whatever. you know, yeah. whatever you want to call it, tomato, tomato. Yeah. Um, so they jump through bullshit. the cosmic butthole. Yeah, time and portal. Time is okay again. Her is able to call up to the Enterprise. They, it was only a few seconds for. Yeah. Everybody else. else. They were like, you just went in. Why are you coming back oh, out of the butthole? Back already out of the butthole? Yeah. Like, what? You I'm just went I'm... into the butthole. Why are you I'm already like... coming out? Carrie jumped on this butthole train and I'm so excited. <laughs> That's what it is now. It's the end of the Nothing should go into a butthole, but if it no. does, it's instantly rejected. It does come out of the butthole at some <laughs> point. Which is what Uhura's like, you guys just were there. Why are you here? <laughs> Why are you back already? Uh, I think um, Scotty's like, you just you're right back. It's <laughs> so weird. Now what's uh, gonna be interesting is like as Kirk like goes back up to the ship and he's like you know, we we came right back through, and we were back in our uniforms and all of our gear. Should we talk? I could have had a whole fucking life with her, and then gone back, and then gone back again and fixed it. Yeah. Well, Fuck. I mean, a lot of things that could have happened. Mm. He had to die, though. Well, yeah, she but, did. but he could have. What he could have done, because of the way this bullshit works, 
is he could have gone back in time, married her, had an entire life, Baby. and then in his in his old dotage or old age, he could have gone back to the time portal, let back through, and been like, okay, cool, I had my entire life, and then jumped back through. Killed her. And they killed her, and they came back. (laughs) I I think maybe that's where we get into the ethics of the... (laughs) (laughs) Space drugs! Get on that space meth and go for it. Sarah, have you met Kirk? He's going to talk about ethics. Ethics what? Ethics smacksticks. Orion slave girl. (laughs) He says, let's get the hell out of here, and they beam up, and we go to credits. And that's the end of this fucking episode written by harlan ellison <laughs> it was a, it was a better story than i am used to so it was, I, it, was it had a lot of storytelling had a lot of script revision as i, I understand it i think probably what it had i mean i definitely believe that there was a lot of script revision just because this was a very complicated idea have having never been done before like this this is groundbreaking and i definitely appreciate that like the whole concept of time travel in the sci-fi world and it's clunky as hell it is clunky as hell but what else are you gonna do the first time like yeah no i mean it it said it definitely sets a huge precedence for time travel being a thing in in tv yeah and you know it's I, i think that's like there's there's a lot of things that Sarah and I hate about the show, but the things that we like are how great they are at starting the roots of so much good yeah. stuff that comes to pass. Like it's so I don't good think I don't think that Star Trek should get any credit in like time travel sci-fi though. Like they didn't start this. Like Ray Bradbury wrote about time travel in like the 50s. Like this mm-hmm. isn't like a new concept to sci-fi. But in television, it's yeah, probably. I think but like, they I don't know. Because I mean, still... like things like Doctor Who was along for around for a long time too. Yeah, I think that it definitely existed. They just this was probably like the first time they, well, not the first, but like might have been one, one of the earlier versions for just an American audience because this yeah, was filmed yeah. in 1967. And Doctor Who was first being aired on TV in 1963. So, I mean, time travel had been around as far as storytelling as a, as a trope. In America? Did America? Well, like I said, it might, be, it might be one of the earlier, you know, American ones. But, I mean, as far as, like, you know, it being around in the zeitgeist of sci-fi, it had, it had been around. Ooh, you know what America's really good at? Coming in later to something and then taking credit for it. And then being like, oh, yeah. we did such a good job. Didn't this we do such ours. a good job? We did such a good job. We're so good at this. <laughs> high five, guys. High five. Yay, Hollywood. Speaking, speaking of a really good job, <laughs> Mackin, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks yeah. for having me. I'm sorry I wasn't uh, sorry I wasn't wasted. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, still, it, next time you'll do her. better, okay? Mm, you'll okay. get more drugs. Okay. more of you. Okay. I'll get more drugs, yes. <laughs> We'll, we'll put a pen on that one, guys. Yeah. All right. Uh, but we do appreciate you being here. Yep. Thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it. I'm glad we got our, our times figured out eventually. Yeah. Eventually we got on the same page. Days, time, months. Yeah. As we learned, time yeah. is bullshit. Yeah. Time That's is one takeaway. It's a yeah. river. Time, time is a social construct. Okay. Mm, kind of, yeah. kind of like 
time in this episode, my messages to you were ebbs and flows of information <laughs> that yeah. eventually brought us to the same spot. So that's so good. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, live long and prosper.